you may be feeling pretty pretty good right now if your house has gone up in value and you may think that your personal residence is in a great investment but I'm here to tell you stop lying to yourself it's not an investment here's why and here's what you can do about it let's get started would you rather talk about your sex life or money life surprisingly most people would rather not talk about money how to save it or invest it this podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Sveck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks, and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom, how to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Sveck. Let's assume some years ago you bought a house to live in and it cost you $250,000. And you're very fortunate because you live in a community where those prices have just gone up incredibly to now you notice that the price of your house is probably worth somewhere around $750,000. Now in Canada, when you sell, if you should sell that house, you won't pay any capital gains or any taxes on that gain. So that entire amount of money is yours. You say to yourself with a smile, what a great investment. But actually, you're lying to yourself. And let's take a step back and talk about what an investment is and what you can do if you're sitting in that kind of a situation. By def and, and I talk about this in the blog. I write a blog uh, weekly, and, and you're certainly welcome to have a look at that on the Facebook page or website. But what I wanted to do today was sort of expand on this idea and this very important topic because... That's what I'm going to do whenever we face these kind of, kinds of situations that I think are really important. An investment, by definition, isn't just something that you're hoping will go up in value, whether it be gold. And, and I actually don't consider gold an investment because you're not getting what I call the most important aspect of an investment, which is income. If the, if the investment doesn't generate income for you, or a regular return on your investment then I do not money you put in then I do not consider that an investment most people also will say to you that your house is not an investment if they're being honest with you but they may use different reasons and I want you to adapt and, and it's worked for me this very strict definition because it, it makes you really look at any asset before you buy it whether it be art and I've certainly purchased art in the past and realize that that's not an investment. It doesn't produce any income when it hangs on your wall or sits somewhere at a museum because it just doesn't, unless you're renting it, of course, to the museum. You're not generating any income. Either you're enjoying it, which is fine, or you're hoping that someday it will go up in value. It's the same with many other types of, and I put this in quotation marks, investments, whether it be wine, I mentioned art, and, and other types of objects. Now, when you purchase your home, you're going to live in it. Uh, generally, unless you purchase a duplex or triplex, which I strongly recommend for many first-time home buyers or those starting out building an investment portfolio. Because if you buy a duplex or triplex and you live in one unit, the other unit will bring you income. So that income, and it's not a great investment, in some would argue, because you're going to offset your living costs or the cost of that mortgage by the rent from the other side. So basically you'll be living mortgage-free in that home. 
uh, but you'll still have to pay heat and hydro for your side and so on. So there, there's still some costs associated, but it's better. At least it's, it is a, I, I would use the term investment to identify a duplex or a triplex if you're living in one of the units, and especially if you're not, you know, obviously, and you're using it as an investment property. Whether the price of the duplex goes up or down is irrelevant because the tenants are paying off your mortgage and eventually you'll be mortgage-free, you'll own the asset, and it will continue to bring you income or cash flow. When you live in your home, and, and back to my example, the house price has gone from 250 to now uh, $750,000. If you sell that home, uh, the issue you're going to have, of course, is you're going to have to live somewhere else. <coughs> Excuse me, that was a sneeze, I'm sorry. You're going to have to live somewhere else. And if your house has gone up in value, certainly other houses have also gone up in value. Um, so the question is, how is that even on, on the basis of a of an appreciating asset considered an investment because you're not going to get any money. It, your money's locked up. It's tied up. You're not going to get it out. Perhaps your next generation will inherit that property and sell it for, for whatever they can get for it. But that's no different than inheriting a bank account. It hasn't been an investment for them. So when you look at your assets, and if you have a, if you're put together a list of net worth statements, you know, banks will often let you borrow money against your home uh, a HELOC, if you will, and they they will jump all over that, thinking that that's a great thing for them to do, to lock in the remainder of your equity in your home, they call it, uh, so that they can back a loan to you. If you want $50,000 to fix up your house or go on a trip, you can lock it. If you have some, inc um, some equity, you can take it out of your house. Now, even banks fall in this trap because... There is a risk, and, and a significant risk, if you're living in a home worth 750 that at one time was worth 250000 or perhaps even a year ago may have only been worth 400000 which is still a significant amount of money, but has appreciated due to speculation. There's a very good chance that it will come back down to four hundred or even less. It may be worth $350,000. So there's an issue with that when you simply look at the appreciative value or what you think the value of your home will be in the future. Owning a home, as you know, also has incredible costs associated with it, from property taxes to the mortgage interest to upkeep, insurance, um, heat and hydro, all the things that uh, depreciation because, you know, you'll have to fix the roof every once in a while. You have to take care of the gardens. You'll have to take care of the snow if you live in a cold climate. And all these expenses are non-deductible. Now, wait a minute. Ask yourself. If your home is such a great investment, why aren't these tax deductible? Certainly, if you bought a stock and you paid interest on the loan to buy that stock, you could depreciate. Uh, sorry, you could deduct uh, the interest expense because you bought a technical. Technically, you bought an investment. But when you buy a home in Canada and pay interest on that mortgage, that mortgage interest is not deductible from your income. So obviously, in Canada, at least. We're being somewhat honest on a tax-wise basis and saying to people, look, that house is not an investment because all of the costs associated with it are not uh, able, you're not able to subtract them from any income you derive anywhere. Now, if you own a rental property, a duplex, say, um, all of the expenses are deductible from your rental income. All of the income that you may generate from that and actually other properties, it's all put in a 
sort of a pile, if you will. Obviously, you're not generating any income from your personal residence, and so it's, it's not deductible. So when you look at your personal residence, ask yourself, you're going to go to sleep tonight in a bed that's hopefully comfortable and your house is clean and you're safe. And once you get to a certain level of comfort and safety, does it really matter if you're putting your head down in a $300,000 home or a $750,000 home? Because I propose to you that the difference between that $350,000 and $750,000 home isn't about comfort or safety. It's about prestige. It's about thinking you deserve it. It's about thinking you want it, which has absolutely nothing to do with prudent financial management. It is not an investment. And you're kidding yourself if you think it is. So if you look at your home right now and it's worth $750,000, and as I talk about in my book and I've talked about in some blogs and on this podcast, if you sell that home for $750,000 and move to a community, say on the east coast of Canada, where you can purchase a great house for $250,000 and you have $500,000 in the bank, that's a great deal. You've appreciated, you've realized the appreciation of the value of your home, and you're now living in a home which is just as nice, but not costing you, not you know eating up or having sit with an extra half a million dollars in equity. You can then take that half a million dollars and you can buy a number of properties. You can invest it properly and take care of the rest of your life, frankly. So that may be where if you've been fortunate, a bit like winning at Vegas or a lottery, and your house price has gone up, take advantage of that. We've certainly done that in our own uh, portfolio. In, if you read the book, you know that in that book, the couple also had an issue where they had properties that they bought for the long-term hold. They were going to hold on to these duplexes and single families at rentals and keep them and just collect the cash flow. But the property values went up so significantly that they decided to take that money out and invest in another community. And if you read the book, you'll know all about that. And you'll see the lessons learned. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what I would do. So, uh, again, your house is not an investment. Stop kidding yourself. Um, just uh, take that investment and decide for yourself where else you can invest that money outside of a personal residence and uh, get started. Now, next time I'm going to talk about one of the biggest, another one of the biggest mistakes investors make and, uh, and what you can do about it. Now, just to summarize for this podcast, my, my advice, if I were living in that situation and my house had appreciated in value and assuming I could... Um, find another community where to live. Um, and let's assume the, I'm sitting on a half a million dollars in profit. Um, if I could take that money and move to another part of the world uh, in Canada where I could live and um, experience the same quality of life or better, I would uh, probably take that opportunity. Now you say, well, what if you have children in school? What if you have, you know, uh, ties to the community? Well, that's a price you're going to pay uh, because children, in my opinion, uh, follow their parents, obviously, and you're the you're the head of the household. And if you decide it's better for the family to move to another community, that's where you're going to go. Um, and so you would simply do that. But and it's, sure, it's going to cause some disruption, but that's something that you would do. Again, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what I would do. But it is clear to me and many others in the investment community that your personal residence is not an investment. So stop cheating yourself and lying to yourself. Take some action and turn that into true investment income. I'm Dr. Henry Speck for Shrink Money Advice. I look forward to speaking with you next time.
You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 